I've been playing with, uh, not playing, tearing up carpet and putting it in little bags and throwing it away and wearing my dust mask most of the time. And <clears throat> you can probably tell today I didn't wear it as much as I should have yesterday. Uh, so let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 2. We're going to pick back up, and I'm just doing a few sentences because I just don't think I can do the rest of it. So Liz had some ideas. So we're going to do some praying for people here in a minute. Come, Holy Spirit. Come in Jesus' name. We ask you to search our hearts and our minds. Since we are your children, you have the permission anyway, but we want to acknowledge that. Um, who may ascend the hill of the Lord, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. This is the first day of our week, and so we ask that you wash away things from this previous week that need not be there in us. Cleanse us. Fill us with thanksgiving this beginning of the week. Speak to each one of us here today. And as our friends come different times and, and uh, go to the recorded message, would you speak to them? Thank you for your scriptures. Thank you for this day. Direct us. You've already been directing in worship. Direct us in your scripture and in ministry. In Jesus' name. We present this prayer to you. And Lord, as Christians, we say that because we want to never forget that it is in Jesus that we come as your as his brothers and sisters, and we can boldly become come before your throne in heaven, Father. Amen. We looked at Hannah's prayer last time in New American Standard, and. Um, she had this fabulous prayer because she had had a baby and she had was really bold because now she was not the one without. And she had promised the Lord that if she, he would give her a child, a son, that she would dedicate him to her. Dedicate him to him. <laughs> it was a boy. 
Uh, she named him Samuel. And so it's almost like a, a play, um, but it isn't a play, but it's like the play of Samuel. You know, you've had scenes. You've had, you've had Hannah coming in scene one or hearing about her being harassed by um, her husband's other wife who had children every time they would go up to the sacrifice each year. You know, and then you come to the next scene and Hannah's there and she's crying out to God and Eli sees her and says, what are you doing? Are you drinking? Coming to... Before God, you shouldn't do that. No, Lord, I'm not. I'm. I'm just praying in my head, and I'm asking the Lord for a child. And He says, "Well, let it let it come to pass," and it does. So she brings Samuel. Now he's probably two, three years old. He's uh, he can kind of manage himself a little bit. She brings him. And she shows him to Eli and says, here's the one that you prayed for me. And so she brings him and leaves him, and she'll visit him every year. It says in chapter 2, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 11. So his dad goes home with Hannah, and the boy ministers to the Lord before Eli the priest. Now, Eli is pretty old. And verse 12 then starts the next scene. And the next scene is uh, pretty hard, but true. It says the sons of Eli were worthless men. They did not know the Lord and the custom of the priests with the people. Worthless men is actually a nice New American standard. It says in Hebrew... Eli's sons were sons of Bial. Now, Bial means without value, lacking worth. That's what's written. He had two sons. They are of the lineage of Levi, which means their main position as one of the tribes is, is that they serve the Lord. And so their dad is the high priest. And so they are priests serving there, but in their developmental years, they don't really know God, and they don't practice what priests are supposed to do. So we get an example in verse 13. So when any man was offering a sacrifice... The priest's servant would come while the meat was boiling and take a three-pronged fork in his hand. He would thrust it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. And all that the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. And thus they did in shallow to all the Israelites who came there. Now, in in Leviticus, where God is giving Moses what to do, he tells them that in Leviticus 7... I think I took my pencil out of that page. He tells them in Leviticus 7, if you want to go there, 25, he he says, okay, so when people bring their sacrifice, and it's going to be, I don't want you to eat meat that has blood in it. I want you to get rid of all the blood. And when you bring a sacrifice to me, I want you to bring the fat and the meat, and I want you to put it, on the sacrificial fire. Now, you know what it is when you cook out with fat, right? What a smell. Don't we all just about like that? I mean, I probably got to be somebody that doesn't, but I like that smell. God likes that smell. Your father likes the smell of meat cooking with the fat turning into smoke. And he says that that the house of Levi, you can have the meat, after it's been cooked. Now these guys really don't want it that way. 
Verse 15, and also before they burned the fat, the priest's servant would come and say to the man who was sacrificing, give the priest meat for roasting, as he will not take boiled meat from you, only raw. And if the man said to him, we must surely burn the fat first, we do what Moses told us to do, and then take as much as you desire, then the servant would say, then he would say, no, but you shall give it to me now. If not, I will take it by force. Do you get the picture that these guys are kind of a law unto themselves? They're not really following God. They've told their servants what to do. They, you know, they're, they're high up. Their, their dad is the high priest of the Levitical tribe. Okay, so he's, he gets to go in once a year and do the things that God had given Moses to do. So he's got the fancy clothes that have been designed, God gave Moses, for the, for the high priest. And the, the priest's sons have clothes that distinguish them if they're walking down the street um, in Shiloh. You would know that they were Le Levites and that they were priests because they had the outfit. And their dad had the super fancy outfit with the 12 tribes and the little things on the shoulders and all that stuff. Okay. Verse 17, And thus the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord. For the men despised the offering of the Lord. I am so trying to stay out of the political arena, but it, you know, when people get up and say things, and then they purposely left out in God we trust part. I don't know if you saw any of those. They, they would just be quiet and not say that part. You know it was there. And then they would pick, they would pause. And then they would like, they didn't even, some of them would, would put it together and left it out. And others would leave this moment of blankness. I don't care who the political party is. You have drawn a line you have drawn a line across the floor going or putting a chip on your shoulder, you know, something on your shoulder and say, step over here and knock this off my shoulder. They're picking a war with the wrong person, the creator of all things. They've already got a war going. Since I talk about this a lot, I'm not going to talk about the babies, okay? There's already stuff going on. We got people's private businesses burning and knocking out windows just because they want to. And nobody backing up and doing something. All of this is spiritual. We can talk about being politics. It's not politics. It's a spiritual war going on in this country. There's a war going on. Yeah, and I really, I really want mercy to triumph over judgment. I really don't want judgment to come. But when people go long enough, because God will be merciful and long, he says he's long-suffering, they will pass a point where God goes, that's it. That's it. These two boys of Eli have passed the point of no return. Now, at the very same time, verse 18, the little boy that God has given Hannah, and Hannah has dedicated him to live before God and to live as a Nazarite, especially 
doesn't cut his hair, doesn't drink wine, does certain things. She's promised him to serve God all of his life and not only that, but to be set apart so that you'll know he's not just God's prophet. He's a, he's a, a prophet that is walking under the Nazarite vow when you meet him. But right now, in this part of the story, he's just a little boy. So these two older guys living for themselves, taking advantage of the office against everybody that brings food there. <clears throat> and it says, verse 18, Now Samuel was ministering before the Lord as a boy wearing a linen ephod. And you know what that is. She's made him a linen outfit to wear. Now, a priest is supposed to wear linen only and not like wool so they won't perspire when they work. When they serve, they're supposed to, to remain cool enough in it. So she has dressed him like the priesthood. And... It says, verse 19, And his mother would make him a little robe and bring it to him year to year when she would come up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. So every year he's a little taller and she's brought him another robe that's a little longer and he's growing up. He's learning all the stuff that a priest does. And then Eli, verse 20, blesses she and her husband and says, May the Lord give you children from this woman, talking to her husband, praying, blessing him, in place of the one she dedicated to the Lord. And they went to their own home, verse 21, And the Lord visited Hannah, and she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. So she's had four boys and two girls. And the boy Samuel grew before the Lord. Just a few more verses today. Eli was very old, verse 22, and he heard all that his sons were doing to all Israel and how they lay with the women who served at the doorway of the tent of meeting. Not only did they not present the sacrifice properly, and took the fat for themselves and stuff. They also, because they got their fancy clothes and fancy position, they have wooed the girls, the young women that have, are down there to work in honor of God, they have wooed them. Instead of marrying and being a normal person. No, they're, they're not happy with that. And... I think that's all back up to 17. I think it's because they despise God. I think this is getting back at him. I can't prove that. They think they're getting back. Verse 23, And he said to them, Eli's talking to the boys, Why do you do such things? The evil things that I hear from all these people. No, my sons, for the report is not good which I hear from the Lord's people circulating. If one man sins against another, God will mediate for him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him? But they would not listen to the voice of their father, for the Lord desired to put them to death. They had passed the point. There are people all over the earth Probably maybe today is the day that this is their last chance before God goes. That's it. He gives us all multiple chances, I think. I don't know how many. I mean, I, you know, I can't. I don't know that. I know he certainly like jerked on my shirt tail a while when I was 11. Now, I think it would no actually. I think it was nine, I was trying to figure it out. I think in vacation Bible school, I was raised Southern Baptist, we had vacation Bible school, and the particular, we would have it for two weeks at Rainbow City, in, in uh, First Baptist Rainbow City. The church is still in the location 
where it was. Then they just added on and stuff. And so we have Vacation Bible School. It's the last day of Vacation Bible School, and the preacher is there. And we're having a meeting with everybody instead of doing the arts and crafts and things that we would do. And so he talks about Jesus and how it would be nice to ask Jesus into our hearts. And so then he says, so everybody, we're scattered out all over. It's got, it's got an aisle down the middle and set of pews on the right and the left. So he says, so everybody that has already asked Jesus into their heart, would y'all get up and come over here on the right-hand side of the building? Everybody got out but me and one other guy. It was two of us on the left side and everybody else on the other side. So <laughs> he turned to us and said, would you boys like to ask Jesus into your heart? We looked at each other and nodded and went down front, shook his hand. He came and visited our parents, told us what we had done, decided with them when would be a good time to baptize us. So they filled up the baptistry the next Sunday. They baptized the two boys from Vacation Bible School. And I remember commenting on like, wow, I was afraid it was going to be cold, but the water wasn't cold. Somewhere between there and getting a little older, I just don't really know. You know, I was talking to God since I was like five years old. I can remember being out in the backyard talking to him when I was five. I know I'd officially went down front when I was nine. It just kept getting more and more relational with him. Somewhere I became a Christian. I don't know. It's just you wake up and sometimes you've crossed over the fence and you're way into the field, you know, and you don't even know when, exactly when you crossed over the fence you were talking, you know. Somewhere I crossed over the fence. So now it's been 60 years. That was the summer of 1960. So far, all of my interactions with him match the interactions in these 66 books. So I think I'll just keep doing it this way. I had a friend the other day tell me about that they had made a new friend and they were, um, had been hanging out with him some and um, these were two girls and um, the friend said, I was really enjoying our friendship. And then one day we were talking and, and uh, the other girl said, uh, I don't know what her name is, and said, yeah, you know, uh, I just let people be who they are and kind of believe in God the way they want to believe in God. Well, my friend is a strong Christian, and she said, that, that, won't, that won't do. I mean, you gotta, it's about Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you really don't, you can't just take whatever. Another girl said, I think you can. That began a division between the two of them. Over time, the conversations got more heated to the point that they're no longer hanging out together. Now, it's good to hang out with your friends and find out where they are, and you may find out they're not where you are, and God may be going to use you to talk about your relationship with God, formally or informally. I like the informal way, but God sometimes does the formal kind. I don't think I have any four spiritual laws sitting around. I used to have some in the drawer and stuff from being raised in Campus Crusade, the four laws. You know, law one says God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. You know, do the whole thing in a little book, and I could do it. I can't do it now, but I could do it then. Um, I like the ones where we're talking. It's after school. Uh, we're talking about somebody's life, and all of a sudden, they're telling me things, and then they come to their senses in the, in the middle of the conversation, and they say, I've never told this to anybody. And I said, that's okay, God's here undoubtedly because he, want, he makes you feel comfortable enough to talk about this. And, and a few of them became Christians after school. 
because God just kept the conversation going on until it gets there. Now, today, that's all I can handle with Eli's boys. We'll, we'll leave the story. Samuel's little. He's at Shiloh. He's doing the things Eli's telling him to do. The, his older sons that should know the ways of God despises God, and God is not has had it with them. So you can read ahead, but yeah, how that turns out. I have had uh, a few people contact me this week about prayer. So we're going to pray for Liz in a minute. So I'm going to give you some other people to pray for, but I've come up with letters to stand for them. Okay? Because uh, we want to respect people's privacy. And one or two of them will probably let me say their name, but I didn't contact them because they, I told them we'd pray for them. Uh, and so, so the first one is the letter E stands for the first person. They're having some trouble with their eyes. So, Lord, we ask you right now to go visit um, E and heal whatever problems that are going on there whatever infection is there, whatever is causing the eyes not to be how they should. In Jesus' name, would you touch the eyes? Would you change the condition this morning? Would you begin today at a new level because you're God and we're asking you and you're our Father? That simple. We're asking you to do it in Jesus' name. Now the next person is use the letter B for her. She, uh, we prayed for her a few years ago when she wanted a baby, and uh, she couldn't have one, and she came back in two months and said, I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> wow, cool. And then she came back in another three or four weeks, and she says, I need another prayer answered. Yeah, what is it? Well, my chemistry is not doing right. My doctor says that if my whatever doesn't go up higher than it is right now, the baby will self-abort, you know, because you're, there's supposed to be this hormone that's climbing at a certain amount. Okay, let's pray for that. Um, it was hard for me to think, well, certainly, Lord, if you, if you answer the first one, they'll probably answer the second one. Now, I, I can't prove that. That was just my personal, I didn't tell her that, but that was just my logic was, was I think this is going to happen because after all, we asked for a baby and you gave her a baby and why would you let the baby self-abort now? You know, because it needs a chemical. So we prayed for her. She went to the doctor in two days and her whatever level it was had gone from almost nothing to exactly where it should be for that age. And this child runs around and is about that tall now. So the mom wants another one. So um, her dad came to see me and said, hey, can, we, can I bring my daughter over to see you because she thinks you're like Moses now because of the first time you prayed, you know, and uh, sure, no pressure. But, you know, when you get down to it, it was nothing up my sleeve the first time. So, but that time at least there were, happened to be three, other, three or four other guys here that day. And so when she came in, I had three, three or four people. So we all prayed for her. And uh, she had uh, gone through all this special blood work, you know, and stopping her hormones and restarting her hormones. And that's really hard on somebody. And... The outcome is, she called this last week, she's going to have a second baby. So, Lord, what letter did I give her? B. So, the girl named B for us. Uh, bless her system, bless the baby's system, let the baby uh, develop properly, bless all the cells that are dividing now, forming the different systems, bless all of her hormones, just let her be the, the perfect, um, in the perfect w way for a mother to supply what the baby needs. Bless them.
In Jesus' name. Now the next one I want to name the letter S because she has shingles. Um, shingles, I've never had them. I've had friends had shingles, and usually it's around the band of the middle of the body, you know, and your, the nerves get hypersensitive, and it feels like every time you touch it that it's like almost like something that's been burned. Just, it just sets the nerve endings off on people. And uh, she's, uh, you know how it is, it's hard to rest. You can't, you can't hardly sit down. You can't find a comfortable place. So Lord, we ask for S, for the shingles. We ask um, peace to come on all of her nerves, her whole nervous system right now. Especially every one of those nerve endings that's, that's uh, overreacting peace to you. Peace to her whole system, top of her head, bottom of her feet, every cell that's part of her body, peace to all of you. May your spirit come upon her this morning, this Sunday morning. Bless her. In Jesus' name. Do you hear anything about any of these I've said? I meant to stop for a second. If you have something, just yell out something extra that you hear. Yes, peace. Okay, so the next one is W. Now, she would probably let me use her name, but she's on the other side of the world. She is um, a director of an orphanage. And I was, time zone-wise, usually when we're riding, it's like almost time for her to go to bed and she's at the local coffee shop place where she's dialing in. I mean, she's on Wi-Fi, and I'm, it's morning here. And so she started telling me that this last week that she was really weak. And so she's age 30, so I thought, well, 30 is kind of young for shingles. She was describing her condition, and, uh, but she said, but my throat's sore. Ah, well, I'm a person that had mononucleosis in college. I said, uh, your throat's sore. Do you have, you have a lot of fever in the afternoon? Um, might wake up and your bedclothes are soaked or something. Uh, you're weak all over. Um, if you lay down for a while, you feel a little bit better. And she said, yes. I said, <clears throat> okay, so if we were in your country, we would throw you in the back of the car and take you to the doctor. And she said, oh, no, no, I have to work with the orphans. I said, the way this works is if you don't rest, the lymphocytes that are monolymphocytes will just start making more and more of those white blood cells and they'll crowd out your other white blood cells. The way you get it to quit doing that is go rest for three weeks, mainly. But you can do a blood test. I said, if you'll go find out how much the blood test is, we'll pay for it. We'll send you some money. I've not heard from her in four days. So I'm a little concerned, like, because uh, she's going to write me back the next day. So whatever's going on with her and her country for W. Visit her. Heal up the weakness, whatever it is, whatever's causing it. And... Uh, Maybe she can go and get tested to find out why, why it is. Bless her and fill her with wisdom of how to rest and do what she needs to do at the same time. And then she didn't ask this, but P.S., Lord, she's 30. She would like a husband. And I'm kind of parental toward her. I'd like for her to have a husband, too. She's cute. She's sweet. She takes care of orphans. Would you find her a husband and send him to meet her? And for him to go, wow, I'm going to go talk to her dad or whatever they do in their country. You know, I want, her to have a, I want her to have someone. I know that's me. Take care of her. Take care of the orphans there. Protect them all from COVID. I've wondered if maybe she had COVID in the early stages too. That I just bless her. Is this okay? What we're we doing? I'm gonna do one more. Is this good?
Okay. The letter K, because I just wanted to use the letter K. She's sick, she's got an infection. So B with K right now. We bless um, the medicines that she's taking in. We bless her immunity system. Uh, let, it, let it kill off, let it attack everything that shouldn't be there, everything that's infecting her. Let her rest too. Be with her today. So if somebody else watching has something, if you want to send it in, uh, some, of the, some of them. Kyle, are you keeping up with your phone? No. Would you look at your phone and then, so Kyle's going to look at the phone and he'll just yell something out to us if there's a physical thing. Yes. Pray for lost things. You got lost things or my lost things? We'll have lost things. Yes. Well, I get to include mine in that, too. So I've lost my day planner, you know, a week. I'm having withdrawal. I don't know how, when, when things I'm supposed to do because it's all written in this little notebook. Uh, lost things. So like Jimmy says, anyone that's lost something, would you just let them trip over it, so to speak? Would you just let them find their lost things? Would you just bring it into their, um, their view or something? Just do it like the time that I had lost my wedding band for half a year. I, I lost my wedding band for half a year. I got to the point of just saying, gosh, God, I have looked everywhere. I'm just, you get tired of looking for something, right? Half a year goes by, we're going to go someplace. I go in to put my dress shoes on, a pair of dress shoes on, and there's something in my shoe. How it, how it got in the shoe, I don't know. I guess it fell off and I didn't hear it. But I was happy to, to have it. So, yesterday I worked to try to find things. I didn't, I didn't find my day planner, but I did find my tuner I bought a year ago to go to Montreat to tune my guitar. So now it's like, hey, I got a tuner that's still in the box. Just got to put the other parts in there. Okay, Liz. Let's have clinic with you. Yeah, I'm going to put a thing on me. So let's say that you want to pray for somebody. They come up and they say, hey, would you pray for me? Hey, Jim, would you pray for me? Okay, I guess I will. Or, oh, sure, I will. <laughs> and the inside I'm going, man, I ain't got time right now. But yes, I will. Just step into my up here. So here she is. So why don't you turn and face that way? So, the first thing you got to do is interview the person. So, what is it that you want to be prayed for? Well, I was um, diagnosed with um, a, uh, it's called an AVM. And what it is, is, and this is real, you guys. I'm it's telling not you, a record, this, is, this, is not a, this is not a drill. Okay. I'm telling you something real. Okay. Um, I was diagnosed with what's called an AVM. Now, this is something I've known about for a couple years. And what it is is a mass of, um, like, uh, blood vessels in my brain. It's not cancer or anything like that. It's just like malformed blood vessels in my brain. And they can have a tendency to, like, bleed and stuff like that. So it's kind of dangerous, but it wasn't very big. So they weren't super worried about it. They've been keeping an eye on it. But lately... Uh, on Friday, they told me that it had, like, grown and changed. 
So what they want to do is on Monday, they or tomorrow, they are going to set me up with an appointment with a neurosurgeon. So I don't know what that means, if that means like surgery or some kind of like radiation therapy or different things they might do to treat it. But it's kind of scary and, you know, so we'll see. But, but this thing that I have in my brain has like grown and they're gonna have to do something about it. So what that is, I don't know. So she did a... You, is that all that you want to say? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Okay, so that was, that was good. She kept it simple and she, where it was understandable to us. Now, if you have someone and they start giving you like 12 pages of their medical history, you're going to have to politely find some way to stop that. The reason is, is because first you're just kind of overwhelmed by all the history. And the history might be useful but usually I find that it doesn't really help me in the moment because immediately what you're doing while they're starting to tell you you're listening for anything that they have to tell you sometimes you may want to ask a question some background piece or something how long have you had this or you know whatever but Liz her situation she described it really well so you want to start centering yourself quieting yourself down as you're going to pray for them. Now, if this is a relative or a mate that's standing here, I would not be the frontline person to pray. Why would that be? Because I'm emotionally involved already. It is very hard for me to center if it's someone I'm close to, and it could be just a really good friend. When you feel your emotions start going up, and you've got another person there, put them on the front line, put them between you and the person, and let them be the one doing the interview and doing this. And you can pray boosting what they're praying. You're both praying, but you're just kind of asking, speak to them, give them what they need to know, let them see what they need to see. So now I'm going to draft all of you to work for a minute. Okay. So before we pray, since we're doing it, there, there's a lot of little different ways you can, but you do an interview, and then we're going to invite God. But in this case, I'm asking you to um, extend yourself kind of, this sounds so new age, doesn't it? Like, how to help, Jamie? Like, you know, okay. So <laughs> I say that, and I, I'm immediately going, extend yourself. Okay. If I say dial down, does that sound okay? I mean, that does, does that? That sounds better. Than that sounds better. Okay, well, let's let's okay, forget that. Erase that part off of the whiteboard. Okay, so <laughs> extend myself. When I say that, I'm just kind of becoming in contact with God's God. He's here all the time, but I'm I'm starting to focus on Him being here. Okay, so. Uh, I have no value in, in my knees doing, pushing me downward, but sometimes he comes and he's, it's just, okay, see, it's just, he seems heavier than, if, I, if I'm watching for it, I can like change my stance so that I don't look weird to you doing that. But as I relax myself, because I'm kinesthetic, you know, some of us see things, some of us hear things, some of us sense things. I'm a sensor. I kind of, I mean, I do all that, but I, I pick up his presence in a space just spatially. So you just practice all of it and you'll just get better at the, the way that you do things. So Lord, we ask you to give us in the room or somebody that's watching something for Liz, any impression, any word, anything you want to do since we're your family. So let's just wait a minute and let's see if we hear something or see something or sense something.
Okay, so the room seems to be getting more peaceful if you were here in the room. And I noticed that a couple of you have turned your palms upward. That's, you know, the, uh, was it C.S. Lewis? Somebody said the attitude of the body reflects the attitude of the heart. Uh, it might not have been Lewis, but if it wasn't, someone has said that somewhere. And I remembered that one off, fairly often. And I find that it's like, you know, if you hold a strike fist up and the air doesn't seem to be as spiritually submissive as putting your palms out to receive from him. Um, not that you have to, but I notice that sometimes people do that. So then you can ask permission. So did someone hear something that we can add to this? You're all going to tell me things after we're off the air, aren't you? That's okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to put my hand on top of her head simply because I was raised in the Oral Roberts day of the point of contact. But besides that, all the vineyard people did it. And I tried it both ways. And like sometimes I can put my hand over their head. And beyond that, I would ask her permission. So I would say, Liz, can I touch the top of your head? Now, if it's, if it's the sensation is once I do that, like, no, this is not right. It should be her shoulder. Then I'd stop and I'd say, hey, could I shift there, you know, to your shoulder? And ideally, we have girl, women pray for women, men pray for men. But, you know, life's not always ideal. So be respectful. Come right there. Come, Lord. Increase your presence. So I'm going to, you know, just say what I was seeing as we were being still. Is I saw, I guess in the past I've always had little balls of yarn, not yarn, a string, you know, twine. And they're, invariably after you take them out of the package the next time they're all in a wad. I don't know, they must have secretly got in a wad on their own. But, it, you know, you're trying to find the end of it and you keep, you have to work on it. Sit down probably and you can get the string apart so I'm wondering if maybe they're in a wide like that I don't know if they are or not but I think well gosh Lord let's just let's change the wad here up wherever this little place is in her brain that's got all these little um, arteries kind of growing and getting a little crazy in there stop it in Jesus name Stop it. Now, your part, Liz, without, I mean, is if you start sensing something, thinking something, you'll report it to us, okay? So, that little wadded thing that I saw, if that's an, uh, symbolic for this place, Lord, would you change this right now? You would think saying come just one time would be totally sufficient. But I find, and this is all of my own experience, so you'll have to have your own experience. But I find if I keep repeating something, there seems to be more effect. I don't know why it is that way. And, you know, distance doesn't really have anything to do with it. We've been in conferences where I saw people across the room in some of these worship conferences. And I get out there at some point praying for people and I get kind of loose, which means I'm not so self-conscious. And pretty soon I was yelling at people that were all the way across the room on the back wall. I'd say, hey, 
Y'all back there in the red shirt and the green shirt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You on the back wall. Yeah. Holy Spirit, come upon them. Fall upon them. I was 100 feet away from them, but it didn't seem to affect the change. I mean, he still came back there. He's increasing. Right. Is he? Is it what I'm sensing or not? You can go, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I felt something right there. Okay, this is, uh, I'm just going to say things, y'all, today. Just get over it or something. Or well, You can jump on me and send me notes. I normally don't tell deliverance stories about the enemy because I find that when I tell stories about them, they start showing up. They like to be talked about. Well, the converse is true. If I start talking about God and the Holy Spirit coming, because the Holy Spirit loves to, to call our attention to our Father and to Jesus our Lord. He likes to be the third person that kind of hangs out in the background. He likes us to tell God stuff. He likes us to tell stories of healing or his presence being right there, right there, right there, right there, right there. I'm just jumping into that because I can sense him coming. Right, I increase right there. Wherever, whatever you're doing, right there, right there. Yes, Lord, your kingdom presence right there. Manifest your presence over her whole brain, every neuron, every synapse all 450 trillion of them all across her whole nervous system from her head to all across her body i bless you in jesus name i bless all the blood supply vessels arteries supplying the whole brain washing over it with blood washing out things i bless the sugar content within the brain balance hormone balance Balance, balance, balance. Okay, she told me earlier that she has migraine trouble sometimes. So I'm just going to jump tracks here because, you know, anything's possible with God. Just stop the migraines. Whatever's causing that, when that process begins and the muscle starts clamping down and cutting off the blood supply to areas of brain, stop doing that in Jesus' name. Stop doing that. Relaxation to the, her whole brain. Whenever it needs to be relaxed, always a steady blood supply. Right there. Right there. Because I went to California a few times, I hung out with these California Vineyard Christians, and I would watch them surf. I've never been surfing, but, you know, they go out on their board, and then when they get out sufficiently, far enough out before the waves start building, they go on out, then they turn their board around and face towards shore, and they just kind of stay there. And they're just waiting for the beginning of a swell. It's not very big, but they know what it looks like. They start, they lay down on the board, they start paddling towards shore because that swell, if they're right in front of it, it gets bigger as it gets into more shallow. Right there, come right now, right now, right now, right there, right there, right there, more, 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 right now, now more, Lord. Now, y'all do this, extend your hands toward her in the room. Okay, bless her. More. So surfing is the only illustration that I have like that. It's like the spirit comes in waves, just like waves coming in. And sometimes I can sense before he gets the wave gets bigger, right there, right there is real low. It's increasing now, now, right there, right there, more, 
Right there, right there, right there, right there, right there. Okay, it seems like a really good idea if one of you were to come and put your fingers in the palms of her hands. See if he's telling you to do that. As I say those, anybody have it like, oh, I'd like to do that. Otherwise, it's just me thinking it. You want to come touch her feet? Okay. Can she come touch your feet? Yep. Okay, so if this is working, kind of, in the sense of us flowing with him, we're sometimes like car batteries. It's like hooking batteries up in, like, series, playing with electricity. Jennifer's put her, this is her mom, and she's putting her hand, I can feel an increase over here, and I'm kind of behind her, because there's two of them. She's got two batteries hooked to her now. It, it's not such a crazy illustration. If a battery is full of electricity, right, because of the chemistry of a, ba of a car battery or something, or just a battery you buy, not a, six, a big, you know, one of the big batteries with the little prongs on the ends. Okay, so if the Holy Spirit's in Jennifer and the Holy Spirit <laughs> is in Katie, then we've just, and the Holy Spirit's in Liz and in me, then we've just got uh, three batteries tied into Liz. And we are all asking, we're all, the direction of the flow is toward Liz because she's the one we're asking for. Now, the problem, not a problem, but don't be surprised if God doesn't. You start being the person that you're praying for somebody, but God went, hey, I'd like to give Jennifer a little something while she's there. Right there, right there, right now, right there, right there, right there. And I... And my mind's asking, what about Katie? Maybe in a minute or two, but more on Jennifer right there. So get Jennifer and Liz. See, he's, he can multitask. He has no problems doing two things at the same time. We think it needs to be neat and orderly. No, it doesn't have to be orderly. We're trying to follow what he's doing. How are you doing, Liz? Okay, see, it's good to just interview a little bit. Now, it's over, this session is over when the person you're praying for feels like it's over, or the, or the Holy Spirit backs off and you can tell that he's going to go do something else. Okay, so can I have permission to put my hand on your neck? Okay, I just have this, all of a sudden, this, Drawn to that's the only way I can say it right there. It just seems like a really good place right there at the base of her neck. Bless, 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 bless. More on Jennifer. Now more on, more on Katie. So Katie, my sock is clean. So I'm about to put my foot on your hand. Because I just wanted to put my foot on her hand and I'm running out. This is sort of like playing Twister. I've only, I've only got so many parts here. Okay. Get them. That's a very formal spiritual prayer. You can yell that really loud if you want to or multiple times. Just try to not yell in their ear. You know, if you feel it coming on you, just turn your head like you can go, get them. You can go there. It works. That's the wrong direction, but... <clears throat> More, right? Oh, he's getting... Okay. There's nowhere to fall here, so you just got to crumple up, okay, if you can't keep standing, because he's increasing. Right, more, more, more. Mm. Anybody got something? See, if I can be this unusual, then whatever you do probably is not this unusual. 
There used to be a pastor in town, a Baptist pastor that prayed for the sick. His name was Richard Trader. He would take me places with him to conferences. And I figured out after a while, because I usually got weirder than he did. And he said, yeah, because you're weirder than uh, when I pray for him. They don't think anything because I'm not half as weird as you are. <laughs> So I would like to not shake, make noises like spiritual Tourette's. I'd like to be a really normal person, but uh, I also want my friend healed. So, you know, later they can just like, why would you do all that? Because I couldn't. I'm trying to be as normal as I can. Oh, bless Katie and God down there. Uh, uh. And so you can actually take a coffee break, a cookie, Coke break. You don't have to like, you know. We have seen more healing in the vineyard where you have multiple sessions with someone than we have with individual sessions. But don't be surprised if God doesn't take care of everything right that minute, or more than you're surprised, or that he starts something and it continues over the next few days. <clears throat> Get Katie. Yeah, I'm just going to jump around here for a minute. Get Katie, Lord. Her decisions and things that you, she things that she's doing in life right now before she even comes into her head, her head give her answers sometimes before she's even asked the question i know that sounds crazy but hey you were already there you already knew it lord you invented time space <clears throat> see there's no place safe katie when you call god <clears throat> While you're working on Liz, bless Katie's coming in and they're going out. <clears throat> bless Jennifer's unintended spiritual conversations with people that she meets in her business. Or just being out places. <clears throat> Come on, Phyllis, Lord. Phyllis happens to be a sitting a table away, but it's not safe. That's, she's only like 15 feet. Get Phyllis, Lord. Bless her. Bless Phyllis. Head to her feet. Bless her systems. Now, see, there's no end to this. Like, look, get all four of them. All four of them, Lord. Get all four of them right now. Phyllis over there. Jennifer, Katie, this, get them. Get them, get them, get them, get them, get them. Get them. So this is where my spirit is willing, but my other leg is tired. <laughs> my other leg is saying, can we quit now? And I'm trying to go, well, let's have a talk inside here. So I'll talk. So Liz, how is it with you? Do you think we're about done? Now, that's not a prompting thing. That's just mm -hmm. a real question. Does it, does it fill this session? I feel like I'm in a pretty good place. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jennifer, how about you? Feeling You're feeling no pain, pain right? <laughs> yeah. And I know Katie's not. Katie, I hope you're not driving in the next few minutes, you know. I used to tell people, Katie, when they got like that and they had to go somewhere, I said, think about Kmart. Think about, 
You know, just think about something that's not spiritual. Don't think spiritual stuff and don't go play Christian music in your car or else you'll miss your turn. <laughs> I have ended up at Steel more than one time on the interstate because I started playing Christian music after ministry time. You will miss a turn. I'm just telling you. You'll drive extra. Oh, that was great. Okay, Kyle, tell them bye. I'm going to put my shoe back on, but I'm going to wait for, to be formal and not put it on in front of you. How about that? That's formal. Well, I like, these are called SOS.